0: This message is brought to you by The Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja Ministering is the servant of God A pastor in the house Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan Remain blessed as you listen Praise the Lord Hallelujah. Father we thank you For the season that you have indeed opened up upon us And Lord, we declare by faith in you, according to your word that has come. Indeed, we will rise and shine in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be shifts in everybody's life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for testimonies that will abound. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, kings and priests. Well, you don't know what can happen until you step into the river. Huh? So God bless you, Sister Evelyn. I must say, I'm pleasantly surprised. (laughs) It didn't look like it yesterday. At some point, I'm like, come, maybe we need to shake you a little, you know, so that you're losing up, you're losing up, you're losing up there is more so if we don't take those steps of faith you really don't know what you can do you know so let's 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 exercise ourselves more amen so at least somebody is beginning to manifest glory isn't it aha uh-huh. so where that glory is coming out from let more come in Jesus name amen praise the lord um we prayed during the period of fasting and praying, one of the things that featured consistently, Pastor Fumi was leading us all through that period to pray for what? New things. New things. New things. And each time in the scriptures you say, sing a new song, you know, God is doing something new. There has to be new expressions. Amen? Amen. So new songs need to come forth. Amen? And even if you don't, you're not... So musically inclined. But the Lord drops something in your heart. Please see people in kings and priests. They can add flesh and muscle to it. And it can come out you know, powerfully. Amen. Because it will capture. you know, The thing about new songs. I think we've, uh, we've said this a lot. I think Pastor M. also said it. it. It will capture. you know, Especially if they are coming from here. From us. From the word that God gave. It can only strengthen what God is doing. And further establish you in it. Amen. So please put down those words. It doesn't matter how scanty or bad it looks. God will help us in Jesus' name. (sighs) Receive grace this morning. Amen. So we'll continue on the series on, you know, our studies on glory. Today we can call this um, Guides to Glory. Amen. For title we can say Guides to Glory. But I want us to zero it more on our personal lives. Amen. Because when God speaks, if you check um, Isaiah chapter 9, um, I think chapter 11 verse 9, uh, where it was talking about the government shall be upon the shoulder of the increase of the government and peace there shall be no end. the next verse after that prophecy about the Lord Jesus, it was saying, he sent a word to Jacob, it has alighted upon Israel. Although he was saying it to them in a negative sense, because after that you see judgment following. But when God speaks a word over a community, it comes at the corporate level, amen, and also at the personal level. So when God said, glory, this is the year to manifest glory, as a church, that word has applications, amen, and there should be corporate expressions. But on an individual level also, that word needs to find expression. Amen. And the difference is that, well, there might be similarities. Glory is glory, yes. But how glory will express when we are gathered together or upon us as an assembly, there will be differences from how it is expected to exp- uh, you know, manifest in your life. Amen. For example, the glory of God manifesting in an assembly, some people can see appearances of cloud, of fire, of smoke, of, you know, gold dust. Precious stones. Sometimes precious stones can appear to people individually. But see, the chances of having cloud and pillars of smoke when you are the only one worshipping, it's rare, actually. So there are some expressions of glory that are for the corporate assembly. There are some that are at the individual level. So it's different. And then we need to understand that. So the question we should be asking ourselves, For us, your personal life, I mean, glory has been defined. Actually, how are you supposed to manifest glory? There will be common threads. I mean, glory, we've talked about prosperity. What does it mean to prosper? But how does God want it to happen? You need to ask. Because when God speaks, sometimes it's coded. He said, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It looks like, oh, glory, glory, we've looked at it. But you need to dig deeper. Amen? And that's what I want to encourage us to do. Because if we don't do that, the word of the Lord can come and you might just scratch the surface. Or in some cases, some people might not even benefit from it. Like last year, for example, I, I still thought about it. And if you've listened to all the messages that has come from 31st up until last week, Pastor May has told us that this is actually a continuation of what God started. Amen? God builds on whatever it does. It says you move from glory to glory. Even after this year, manifesting glory will continue. Amen? But it's going to be at what? A higher level. It, it should be higher. So, God said some things last year. So, you need to ask. Like, what are the things God told us last year? Number one, He said there will be a harvest. Among some of the other things, He said there will be a harvest seed soon. So, Did you actually experience a harvest? Did you personally, personally experience a harvest? Because even at the pastorate, we are evaluating, did we as a church, can we say we had harvest? When he said, it will be a year of remembrance, times of remembrance, did you actually experience remembrance? Some people have testimonies of remembrance. Because people that seem to have forgotten, suddenly remembered, Or something that was your entitlement that you, you know, seems to have been, some people said, forget about it, but there was remembrance and some people got that. Amen. So you need to ask, did you experience these things? Was there remembrance? Was there a harvest? Now the Lord is speaking again. Glory. And we've, you know, we look at, so how, what does it mean for you? We have to bring it down. We also will look at what it means for us as a church. What I want to do this morning, like I said, guides to glory. We look at certain things that can help us manifest glory on a personal level. Some of those things may be applicable on a corporate level, but like because the expression of glory is different, we will need to look later at corporate, you know, guides to glory expression on a corporate level. But this morning, guides to glory, you can put it in bracket, personal manifestation. Amen. So, the word can come on a personal level. It has corporate implications as well. Now, um, there will be common principles in fulfillment. We said that glory has been defined for us. There are five Ps. Yeah, it makes it easy to remember. Five Ps that Pastor Fumi has reiterated. By now, we should be able to recite them. The first one is what? About the glory of God. The first P is what? Purity. Some people are not sure. Yes, it's purity. The next one is what? Prosperity. Uh-huh. Power, the personality of God, the presence of God. Yes. Those things convey the glory of God. Amen. Let me just add as definition of glory. Of course, he also told us that glory is, the, is God. I mean, you can't have the glory of God without God himself. But let me say this that glory actually, you know, bringing it down because the definition of glory, like, glory is a word that we can use in talking about God. We can also use it in talking about ourselves. But your glory, will it be the same as the glory of God? Amen? Huh? Or do you even have glory? Huh? Did somebody say yes or no? Do you have glory? Do you have glory? What makes you, what is your basis for saying you have glory? Huh? Let me, I can't hear you well. The Spirit of God is in you, so you have glory. A equals B, A equals C. Therefore, A or A equals B, A equals. Okay, yeah, it's good. Okay, those that listened well to the message, we know them now. <laughs> and those are no mathematics. Yes, Jesus was raised by the Spirit of God, the glory of God. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the glory of God in you. We also read from Psalm 8, verse 5, I think, said, he crowned man with what? Glory and honor. So you have glory. Amen? There is glory in you. The challenge with man was that God made man glorious, truly. But with sin, we know, we know all have seen, Romans 3.23, right? And falling short. You actually fell from. You didn't just fall short. So, God actually didn't take it away. But sin made it covered. It translated from a kinetic, readily manifest glory It has become potential. When we give our life to Christ, to the Lord Jesus Christ, that potential is somewhat unlocked. And as you progress in God, the unlocking and manifestation continues. So everybody has glory, potentially. But for children of God, your potential is even greater. But will it manifest? So we've established that you have glory. But your glory, the glory, your glory... Will it manifest like the glory of God? Can you produce cloud, for example, Stabolu? She's so anointed, worship leader, leader of choir. She has glory, and when she's worshiping, she starts producing cloud. (laughs) Will our glory manifest like that? Huh? No. So, there are peculiarities, uniqueness of manifestations. Let me just add this to the definition. Glory is the very essence or uniqueness of anything. That brings value to it. Amen? That brings honor. That brings appreciation. Whatever it is that God has put in anything or anyone that makes that person valuable. That helps that person contribute to the kingdom of God. That is actually your platform for expressing glory. Amen? So, later on you find that it will involve your gifts and callings. And because our gifts, our callings are not the same, therefore, the expression, certain expressions of glory in our lives will not be the same. So you must know what it means for you. Of course, prosperity, we can say common, but prosperity, even for one person, based on calling, based on current status, based on your line of work, prosperity will mean making one billion dollars, right? For someone, that is not prosperity. Prosperity for another person can mean we actually need to have hundred billion, so that we can do the things that we have lined up for us. Amen? So you need to bring it down to your level. What does it really mean? Because when you have clear definition, then it becomes easier to manifest what's God is saying about you. Amen. So glory is the uniqueness that brings appreciation. Because glory, the purity, when you glorify God, you are giving honor to God, you are giving praise to God, you are appreciating God. Amen. All those things, those five Ps, the power of God, the presence of God, the purity of God, the personality of God, the prosperity that comes from God, those things make us honor God, right? Those things make us appreciate God. For who he is. For what he does. So glory is what actually brings honor. What brings respect. What brings value. The uniqueness that stands you out. That is glory. So every child of God has something. And that is supposed to come out. So what we want. That's why I said guide to personal expression. Guide to glory. Personal manifestation. Amen. Amen. So, you need to answer that question, what does it mean for you? If you look at 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 37, 39 to verse 44, we read it in part, you can put it on screen, just just go verse by 5. You know, it was talking about different kind of bodies, different kinds of glories. The glory of the terrestrial, that's things on earth, right? And the glory of the celestial, things in the heavenlies. Even the uh, celestial, if you read the Bible, well, you know that there are three levels. Paul will talk about the third heavens, where God is. The glory of that realm is greater than the glory of the second is greater than the glory of the first heavens. Amen? First heaven is this, our atmospheric heavens. So you might say, okay, terrestrial, uh, celestial glory. Amen? The sun, the moon, the stars. Do they have celestial glory? Yes, because they are in that realm. But are they the same in their glory? Even the same verse to say, the glory of the sun is one, and the glory of the moon is another. What is common to them? They are all celestial bodies. They are in space, outer space. Those of us here on Earth just say, wow, wow, sun, moon. We see their images, wow. There is a wow factor to them. Because we are looking at them from our own level. Amen. But are they the same in their expressions of glory? They are not. The moon cannot say, oh, the sun is shining so bright. I'm going to be like you. What will happen to, him, to the moon? It will burn, combust, as in, because the gases, the chemicals that cause the sun, you know, is like that burning bush. It's burning and it's not consumed. That is how God made it. It's constantly on fire because the sun is, 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 is fire. It's burning and it's not consumed. If the moon tries it, you just wake up one night, you see dust raining. <laughs> it sounds like something you see in cartoons, right? You just see dust coming down. Because you see what happened? The moon burnt up. <laughs> it tried to be like the sun. So. Part of the keys we look at, you know, this message has gone through several revisions. The more I prayed and studied, certain things kept coming. And, you know, one of the things that, one of the keys really, I have like seven or eight guides here. The last one, number eight, so you can start writing your notes from number eight. That's what I'm saying now. (laughs) So, knowing your calling, running your race is one of the factors. That's number 8. We won't get there. We can't talk about it. Pastor wrote to me, you know, each time when we are going home two Sundays ago, uh, Sister Kemi also asked me one question. When I did something on the media page, said, Is this your calling or your gift or your talent or your something? They should have listed six. You know? One of the things that will help you express glory in these days and going forward is that you must know your calling and run your race. Hebrews 12 says, since we are surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses, I thought that is where the message starts start from, but you can see it has come to number 8. It said, let us run the race that is set before us. Drop all the weights. That is another we will come there someday. There are things that will prevent you from running the race. There are some things that are, you know, by this time, all of us children of God are not supposed to be living in sin. But some people still have weights in their life. But running, knowing your calling, and that involves understanding of gifts. Gifts and talents might help you identify calling, but they are not the same. We've looked at this in the years of the pandemic. It should be on our online page. You know, look at those messages. Your gifts and callings, your gifts and talents are one level. Your calling is another. Then your purpose is another thing that will eventually take you to your destiny. It is those who have entered into destiny that begin to manifest glory. Romans 8 says, those whom he foreknew, right? He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Those whom he then predestined, he then called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he now glorified. The end point of walking in your purpose and destiny is glory. Amen? So, part of the keys, you must understand this concept. Thank God for the school of the word, but see, it will come by prayer and revelation, not just observation and information. Amen? Know your calling, run your race. That's number eight points. So, like I said, we are coming number eight, guides to expressing glory. Amen? So, coming back to the sun and the moon, so you see that, your, what is it, what does it mean for you to express glory? Amen? So, there will be common grounds there will be differences. Number eight point is know your calling, run your race. Amen. Hebrews 12, you can just put that down. Number seven point, like I said, I'm coming back. Like I said, this message in reading, in studying, God just kept interrupting. I'm like, wow. By the time we get to number one, two, three, we may not be able to go beyond that. And um, please, media team and timer, help me this morning. Amen. So number seven, be prophetic. Like I said, we're coming from the back. I'm just going to list them. What does it mean to be prophetic? I will refer you to Equipping Conference 2021. Amen. I think our guest minister then did extensive work. Even though over the years, the concept of prophecy, the prophetic is what we studied. It simply means knowing the mind of God. Being in God's will part time, amen. Because if you're outside of God's will, forget glory. Amen. That's uh, and also from Second Chronicles 2020. That was read to us some three weeks ago. It said, Believe the Lord your God, so shall ye be established, right? Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. We've been told that this year the prophetic is going to increase. So, being led by the Spirit of God, being guided by God in all things, must be a key expression of our lives if we are going to come into glory on a personal level. Amen? That's number seven. Number six, I want to list them so I can get to the ones that might take our time. If we have time, we'll come here or some other day. Number six points. So, I I hope you're following me. Walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 4:17 by now it should become a memory verse what does it say 2 Corinthians 4:17 says what somebody and everybody want to go hello okay open your bibles let's read it 2 Corinthians 4:17 for our light afflictions Which is for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and what? Eternal weight of glory. Let's see verse 18. Verse 18 now says what? While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Verse 19. We know that verse, is this 16 that says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Where is that verse in that chapter? It's 16. It's 16. We walk by faith and not by sight. If you are going to walk in glory, experience God's glory, you must walk by faith. Amen? What are the principles of faith? That God gave you a word. What do you do with the word? You believe You confess it. That's why I ask that the choir should do this song. Amen. One of the core principles of faith is what? Your belief that generates confession. Amen. So do you believe that this year we are manifesting glory? Okay, only people on this side believe. Do you believe that this year we are manifesting glory? So if you believe it, what should you do? You confess it. It becomes a confession. So you see why songs like this become very, very important. Amen? You must walk by faith. That's number, number, what did I say, number six? Yeah. That's just listing the keys. Walk by faith, not by sight. If you walk by sight, you will look at those troubles. Amen? But if you walk by faith, you will see the glory that God wants to bring. Amen? Amen. But well, we walk by faith and not by sight. Please, where is it? Let's come to number five. At some point, I also thought this message should start from here. In fact, this was where I started. Number five point. Guide to glory, right? Cultivate kingdom culture. Cultivate what? Kingdom culture. You can see that in the wisdom of God, if we say what two topics did we consider for the whole of last year, it is what? The latter part of the year we did what? Faith. The first part of the year we did what? The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Now, I should ask, what is the kingdom culture? If you get it, you get a present. Or if you get the answer that I think you should have. <laughs> because there can be many correct. But what is the kingdom culture? We know Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then every other thing shall be added unto you. Let's see Romans 14.17. Romans 14.17. It says what? The kingdom of God is not a meat and drink. It is not in physical things, he said, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can't have kingdom culture without the Holy Ghost. Amen. But when you are walking with the Holy Ghost and according to the word of God, you will walk in righteousness. Amen. You will walk in peace. And you will walk in joy. So everything about your life, all your activities will be summarized in those three expressions. Righteousness, peace, joy. Righteousness is on three levels. Now, for this message, again, you know, to understand more on righteousness. Last year, I know I said we'll talk about it. I think at some point we did it. But I've not had, well, maybe we've not delved into it as much as we should. But well, thank God that Pastor Debo came and did two hours, about two hours teaching on the sacrifice of righteousness, and in it he explained this. You need to go back to that message, take notes, and meditate on it. Amen. Because righteousness is on three levels. If you listen to that message, you find it there. There is righteousness that is conferred. I really thought I would dwell on this, but God has other things for us. Righteousness that is conferred when we believe in Christ Jesus. Righteousness that comes by faith. It doesn't matter. I mean, that one, you can't end it. So, some people, this is what actually liberates people from guilt. That I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The fact that you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and as your Savior. That makes you righteous. That you believe. Some people, you know, it's a struggle for young believers. And this has the potential to even make people free from addictions and all sorts of weaknesses. It is, it is not what I'm doing that makes me righteous. Even though, as a child of God, what you do is important. Because not understanding this has led people also, not understanding that balance, has taking some people into extremes. Amen? It is not what you do that makes you righteous. So the fact that you didn't pray, you didn't wake up to pray, or that you even disobeyed God. That's why John, the apostles, you know, understanding this, they say even when your conscience condemns you, say God is greater than your conscience. Come to him because he's the one conferring righteousness on you. But when you understand that and you are established in that righteousness that comes by faith that is conferred, then it begins to move you into the next level of righteousness, which is a desire for righteous living. It says, he who is born of God does not sin because the seed of God is in him. Each time you do something bad, there's something in you that says, no, 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 I don't want to do this again because you have understood that. You are in Christ, now you are righteous. Then, I should believe in righteous. That's the level two. Level three is the part where you are actually doing righteousness. And for children of God, we talked about purity. This is important in achieving purity. Somebody offended you. Yes, you are angry. Do you still have a desire to show him just small. Ah, God, let me just show him small. Yeah, praise God, just, just allow me to deal with him small. Will God answer that kind of prayer? Huh? What? As a righteous person that believes in Jesus Christ, what should you do? Forgive. But if you have a struggle with forgiveness, you know that that second part has not been established yet. That desire. So you need to pray. Lord, help me. Desire for righteousness. It says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be what? Healed. So there must be that second level of desire for righteousness. And it goes across every area of living. Whether it's marriage or what is right in this situation. Do you desire it? Your husband offended you. Your wife offended you. Are you trying to show him or let me just show him small. Eh, let him do his own, I'm doing my own. What is righteousness in that situation? And what is your desire? See, when this, thing, this level of purity we are going into, God is going to be doing a lot of circumcision. And I'm telling you, circumcision is painful. But you must open yourself up to it if you are going to experience glory. Amen? Righteousness, that's the third level. Second level. Third level is when you are actually doing it. Doing it. There's a fourth level where righteousness becomes expedient. Now, some things are not wrong. Like Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. For the mature, that is the fourth level of righteousness in which you should be operating. It's not wrong to go and watch a football match before you come to preach. Have you committed a sin? It's not a sin. But... It is not expedient. And the Holy Spirit will tell you, oh boy, go and pray. Go and you will know. You can come out and preach and do a fantastic message. But because you did not yield to that prompting of the Holy Spirit, he who knows what is good and does not do it. To him it is sin. That's scripture. So, that is righteousness. So, it must play out in every area of your life. Your business, your family, your career. Peace. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Like I said, well, I've preached on that, but that's number what? Number four. So, you cultivate kingdom culture. The fruit of the Holy Spirit becomes uppermost in your heart. You make deliberate effort to grow in them. Amen? Amen. Those are things that will yield glory at the personal level. Amen. Or how does a church grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit? And does that apply to the... We want glory in the church. So, Lord, help Metamorphosis to have fruit of the Holy Spirit. Does this sound logical? No. As a church, it may not apply. But there are other things that apply on the corporate level. We look at that. So, kingdom culture. But... The first three points, or first four points, okay, number four points, uh, that was number what? Four, huh? I started from eight. Eight was what? Know your calling, run your race, right? Seven was what? Yeah, six was what? Uh, Five was what? Oh, cultivate kingdom culture, thank you. So the fourth point, honor. Honor. The principle of honor. I know sometime in... Um, like more than five years ago, there was a month devoted to teaching on honor. The culture of honor. Amen? Some of us still remember that, I'm sure. The culture of honor. Now, let's read 1 Samuel 2.30. thirty. First Samuel 2.30. The interesting thing is that the, the Greek, the Hebrew word for honor is very similar to the word... For glory. In fact, they have the same root. Glory is kabod. Honor is kabed. But you check your concordance. It will take you back to the same root. The similar meaning. Glory is weight. Honor is weight and dignity and value. This is the Lord talking through to Chapter 2. Verse 13. The Lord talking through uh, a man of God to Eli. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, verse 30. Not 13. God was saying something there, which was, um, Media team, are you with me? You have to be. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house, talking about Eli, and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. This was what led to Ichabod. That the weight of glory lifted over the house of Aaron and to an extent Israel. That enemies could capture the ark. Honor. Like I said, honor is similar to glory. It means weight. It means importance, value, dignity, respect. This one has application on both personal level and corporate level. I, I was telling some people this morning that, come, it's not during worship that you should be trying to do this and do that. Let's focus on God. I went back to the message on protocols, you know, prophetic protocols and privileges when God started visiting us. And I found that I didn't even get to that place of talking really about the protocol. Like we said, protocol, the president is coming to a place... You have the advanced party that are going to make sure things are in order. There is order. So that when he comes, nobody moves anyhow. Nobody walks anyhow. Nobody approaches him anyhow. Order. Honor. Attention. Amen. How much of value and honor will be expressed in service. The quality of your service. Because for Eli and the sons, this was what it centered around. How were they conducting the service of God? It was centered around sacrifice. Because that was God said, You are just writing my offerings anyhow. You value your sons more than me, even though you rebuked them. But you see, you shouldn't have stopped at rebuke alone. You should have taken serious disciplinary measures. You should have taken them out of the priesthood. Because they had that authority. Amen? So, service, sacrifice, and many places in the Bible where you see God talking about honor. This matter of offerings begins to come in also. Because for Eli, it was tied to it. You read in Malachi 1, he said, Hey, you, um, I don't know if I can get into that, but you can write it down. Malachi one six to nine. Say, if I be a father, where is my honor? Can you offer this to your king uh, to your governors? You are bringing goats with broken leg. If you give it to your governor, will he respect your person? How dare you bring it to me, God? So, what are you bringing to God? Your service to God. Your service in your unit, your service in the house, of in the church, how are you conducting it? Because how are you relating with God? When you honor somebody, when the person is around, you want to give him maximum attention. Amen? So, this matter of honor is very, very important to expressing glory. It's, it has application on a personal level, but even as a church, we may need to review Some of our processes. How do we prepare for meetings? What and what do we put in place for meetings? Some of you we know, well, maybe media and choir have been on their head to get some, on their necks to get some things done. As in compulsorily, So that it doesn't become a distraction when the meeting starts. That's why sometimes I'm on your, as in do this, do this. this. So when we start, let's focus. Let all our work be done and God comes in. We can just flow with the presence of God. Amen? We need to train our children too. Amen? Honor. Very, very critical to the expression of glory. This matter of honor or dishonor, it can truncate when glory comes. Amen? So let's bear it in mind. But the first two, three points, because I spent, let we we'll spend a Remaining time looking at this. First guide to expressing glory. Let's read second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. Verse 18 tells us we know it. It says, As we behold with what? Unveiled faces, the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed by that glory from one level of glory to another by the Spirit of the Lord. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. What causes the transformation? Huh? What brings about the transformation? As we behold, what? The glory. It is the glory. Psalm 36 says, it is in your light that we see light. It is the glory that we see that transforms. Amen. So, that God has said, this is a year of manifesting glory. What should be our first prayer? Lord, show us your glory. Hmm. If we are not careful, we can miss it. Oh, we are rising. Yes, the glory of God is coming. But God must show that glory. Amen? When God makes a promise, it is an invitation to intercession. Do we believe that. We've been taught that. When God gives a prophetic word, I mean, to the immature, oh, God has said it. You think you should go and sleep? No. Paul told Timothy, two places, 2 Timothy 1. six. he said it again in um, 1 Timothy 1.18. That because of the prophecies that have gone ahead of you, wage a war. Pray. When God gives you a word, it's time to pray that word. Declare that word. Speak that word. Take it back to him. Zechariah 10.1. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. It's a season of rain. What should you expect normally? Rain. But it says, no. Ask. Ask. God has given you a check. He said, this is yours. You should sit down and be celebrating that check. Take it to where you will do what? Cash it. Because that is what it means. He has said it is the season of glory. He said, Lord, show us your glory. Because truth is, if we don't ask, we won't actually see. No matter what else you do. Because it is his Glory. And he needs to know that you value it. I hope we'll have the time. Exodus 33, who actually prayed, And I think in scripture, is probably the only person that we have that is clearly stated. That he said, Lord, show me your glory. The question you should ask yourself is, what was Moses seeing? Was he not even in the glory already? Because I, I had to sit there and pause. I'm like, wow. Wait, if you talk about the presence of God, like we said, the glory of God involves his presence, right? How many of us have come close, or even in our modern days, have you seen the close, as in, what Moses experienced that God is talking face to face? Fire, cloud, wind. When you talk about the Shekinah glory, it was the one that set up the tabernacle. He was there with all those things. He had been on the mountain for how long? Days. I said this Moses has gone. So, is it that all those things are not God's glory? That is what we should actually think about. If it's his presence, he he was experiencing it. If it is power, I mean, it was the one that parted the Red Sea. God was talking to him. But he still said, hey, God had even promised in that chapter 33, he said, my presence will go with you. It was after that he now said, Lord, show me your glory. That simply tells us that we can have the presence of God. If there's a series of messages, if you can find it on YouTube, uh, This man, Walter Butler, I found that message like two or three years ago. This was one person. Now, God had many people in history that did tremendous things. It was said that the characteristic of this man's ministry is God's presence. There was one that I think I listened. he, he, He would just stand on stage, face like, just maybe face the altar or something. And he's talking to God and things are happening. He didn't say a word. But the glory of God, the presence of God comes down in such a powerful, strong manner that miracles and all sorts, convictions, and he enjoyed the presence of God. That man. And that series is like a series of five messages. If you check well on YouTube, Presence of God, Walter Butler. He was, uh, you know, but in one of the things he explained is that If you are not careful, you can mistake the presence for him. It sounds like a paradox. How can you have God's presence without God being there? He was the one that told Moses, my presence will go with you. Moses said, no, God, you. It's like God was talking in parables. His presence, like when we said protocol... What are the things that can let you know? Like, for example, most of us drive on this airport road. What will you see that will let you know that the president is coming? Huh? What will you see? No. If you are already seeing that one, that means you have been standing there for like one hour. (laughs) Isn't it? I'm saying you are still moving and you say ah let's do quick president is coming what will you start seeing first you are seeing policemen military men ah you say you start calling people i know when we had a quipping conference the last time there was i think that was first morning session some people were blocked on the road <laughs> because the president was going to pass you see signs of his coming police they may still be allowing cars to pass. But when he's coming, when his presence starts drawing near, all movement stops. When you see his uh, motorcycle, you have probably been locked down at one corner for like 30 minutes. You see them, wow, 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 all the noise and all the convoy. That is like his presence, advanced party. But is he really there? No. When he finally appears, you will know. Because there is something that is more glorious. There is something that has more grandeur than all those that came out. Even though what comma came before was impressive. But his very presence carries something more. Amen. That's like the presence of God. Because even with Elijah, when he said God should kill him. And he ran from uh, Jezebel and Ahab. He was hiding in the cave. They said there was earthquake, right? You've read that story? There was fire. There were several things. But he said God was not in all those. Then later God came and spoke to him. You know, It was described as a still, small voice. That sounds like the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Father is like thunder. It's like thunder. That's why the children of Israel could not be it. They say, Moses, you go. Don't let this God talk to us. The voice of the Lord Jesus, they describe it in Revelation like the voice of the glorified Lord, the sound of many waters, trumpet, but the voice of the Father, of course, everything is the voice of God because they are God. But if God, you say, God, the Father should talk to you, you collapse because it will be like thunder. So, Moses saw the presence. He saw the power. He probably saw the prosperity too, because they spoiled Egypt. They collected gold and silver and everything. But he still said, Lord, show me your glory. There is something more. Amen? So, that's why it must be our prayer. Lord, show me your glory. And it was then, he said, uh, Exodus 33, for reference, just read Exodus 33 from verse 13. If you read down that chapter, he said, I will now, you know, hide you. I will proclaim my name. That was when he revealed his nature. That's why one thing, the utmost in the revelation of God's glory is his person. That thing of his person, knowing him, knowing his ways, must be our ultimate focus. Amen? Because if you see power, you can get excited. And think you have seen glory. It is part of it. But it is not all of it. Amen. You can see presence. Oh cloud. I mean. I'm not well. We are supposed to have it better than Moses. But many Christians today have not even come close to what Moses had. Cloud and fire and pillars of smoke. You are worshipping in the place. And the glory of God appears. Most times when Christians. When we see that. When we hear that. It is like a testimony. Ah. There were clouds, there were angels in the presence of God. Wonderful. Those are like advanced party. It's part of the glory. It is not all of it. His person. Because Moses said, show me. So we must pray. And it is when we begin to encounter the person of God that true change and transformation takes place. In preparing for this, I realized that you know, you read of stories of some people in church history who worked in some realms of power. And yet, they had some moral challenges. You've read of the stories of uh, you know, men of God who moved in certain dimensions, and yet, there were weaknesses and failures. It's coming back to this thing that you can have power. Of course, they pay the price for it. You pray, stay in God's presence, like we've been told. But if you don't know his person you are walking walking on slippery ice amen so the ultimate expression of glory is the person of God himself and that is what will cause that change permanent change and transformation as long as you behold you can see that that's why we must pray lord show if he doesn't show the glory he won't manifest it the second point, I said that's number one. Number two is a hunger. A hunger. Matthew 5, please let's see verse 3, verse 6, verse 8. The Beatitudes. A hunger. Now, I, I, be, I, I, mind my words, I didn't say desire. What's the difference between hunger and desire? Like we're looking at a school of the words, what is the difference between want and need? Hunger is physiological. It is your body that tells you that you are what? Hungry. Amen? Or can you tell yourself you are hungry? You might choose to suppress it, but it is your body. It's not so much an act of choice. Amen? But by choice, you might choose how you respond to it. But every normal human being is supposed to respond to the hunger stimulus. When you are hungry, you do what? You eat. If you are really hungry... How many liters of water will you drink to satisfy your hunger? Huh? We are shaking our head, but we are not talking. (laughs) Eh? Is food. You can drink 50 liters. Even if it relieves the hunger pangs, it will only be temporary. In fact, it might make it worse. So hunger is physiological, desire is emotional. And hunger will only be satisfied by what it needs. That's why for Moses, he must have had a genuine hunger for the glory of God. If not, he will have been satisfied with power. Amen? If not, he will have been satisfied with presence. That's why, you know, and God himself, that's why we need to pray. That's why God expects us to pray. Because he wants to see where is your heart, really? Where is our heart? Is he going to be in the power As good as it is, he wants to give you the power. Is it going to be in the prosperity? He wants to give it. But is it going to be in truly knowing him? Because if you are satisfied, if you are not truly hungry, you will be satisfied with all those other things. Because I'm telling you, Moses had it. I said, Lord, no, show me your glory. You think about it. Think about his experience. But I say, Lord, show me your glory. God said, ah, truly. This man. So it is hunger. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not just a desire. And this level of hunger. I said, desire is in your emotion. Like, people can tell you something and you desire what they told you about. These messages that we've had should actually create a desire for glory. Amen? But when it comes to the level of hunger and thirst... The answer is in Deuteronomy 8. For God was telling the children of Israel. He said, I made you to hunger. And then I fed you with manna. So that you will know that what? Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It becomes another prayer point. Lord, cause me to hunger for your glory. Because if God doesn't plant it. Your desire might be transient. Amen. And if God doesn't plant this deep-seated hunger, you might be satisfied with every other thing that you are seeing. Amen? So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And it is only what you are hungry for that will truly satisfy you. And hunger will also prove the purity of your heart. If you are truly hungry for glory, when you have power, you will not misbehave. You're like, no, this is not it. I want something more. You can want power for different reasons. Amen? So, hunger. A thirst. A neediness. Hunger is a sign of need. Is a need. is a necessity. God must bring us to that point where, Lord, my life needs your glory. I need you. Amen? And it is God that will do it. The last point... I've mentioned what pray we need to pray Lord show your glory. God needs to reveal the glory Number 2 is that we must have a true hunger and desire for that So our need must be backed up by our emotions and desire not just emotions alone our need spiritual need said you know those beatitudes say blessed are the poor in spirit that is the first one they are needy They are the ones that will have the things of the kingdom. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are the ones that will be filled. And then he said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. Because power will test the purity of your heart. They say, when you want to know the state of the heart of a man, give him money, give him power, right? If he's able to keep a cool head, then you know he has a pure heart. For Moses, he had the power. He had the prosperity. How much gold and silver they collect from Egypt? But he had a pure heart that was humble. That's why God said he's the meekest man on earth. As in, this guy is just all out for God and God alone. That's where God must bring us to. It will come by us asking him to do it. It's not something we can do by ourselves. Amen. But the third point also is what God must help us with. God can show his glory. Amen. Psalm 19 says what? The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Like the parable Pastor Fumi told us. Big fish, small fish, they were in the water. And ones were saying, the big fish was like, wow, can't you see the water is so beautiful? And the small one like, water, where is water? He doesn't even know. It's true. Heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The found man showed forth his praise. How many people are seeing it? How many? Even when God spoke... At different times in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. What do people say? They say it was thunder. Huh? Some said, Ah, maybe he's an angel. Those ones were nearer to the kingdom. So, why? We we'll go back to that, Second Corinthians 3 18, I have 3 from verse 16. Veils. He said, We with unveiled faces. Sometimes you pray, these veils, now, God has removed veils on his own part. Because if he decides to show he can hide himself. You read through the psalm, say he hides himself in darkness. Sometimes he conceals things just to test your heart. That's him putting up a veil deliberately. But if you're able to pray, he can move and remove those ones. But there are veils that we by ourselves put on ourselves. Culture, tradition, our emotions, our mindsets. It can veil what God is doing. You have prayed. You have, you know, if this third part is not taken care of, you will still be looking dark. You know, you won't see it clearly. Say, but we are with unveiled faces. And if you go up this verse, it says, when a man turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. In the Amplified, it says, when he turns in repentance and openness. Some people, you confront them with things. You say, no, this is a, no, 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 no. You know, you develop blind spots. We're talking about purity. You can develop blind spots on anything, on any area. Pride can be a veil. That's why that beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. You put yourself in a place of what need before God constantly. No matter what you have attained. Paul is saying, I keep pressing. No matter what it is that you have touched. You say, Lord, there is more. You arm yourself with this mindset and you humble yourself before God and indeed before men. These are the things that we need to bear in mind. It should shape our prayer. We've been told that the way, the path to you know, knowing glory is to spend time in God's presence. We spend time in prayer. In praying what? That God should reveal his glory to us. We spend time in prayer like, Lord, empty me of myself. Create a hunger and a desire. Create a hunger and a desire. Give me a pure heart. So when these things start coming, I handle them well. Then remove the veils. Veil of tradition, mindset, ignorance. Your emotions can be a veil. Whatsoever it is, your character can be a veil. You just must trust God to deal with you. So that his glory can be revealed. Let's rise up on our feet as we just pray. Let's rise up and pray. I don't know what prayer you want to pray. We listed other points. If these three are established, then cultivating kingdom culture will be easy. It will be easy to walk in righteousness. Amen? It will be easy to walk in faith. Amen? It will be easy... You know, to be prophetic because your heart is pure before God. You can hear Him and follow Him and obey Him. It will be easy to walk in your calling and purpose and destiny. It will be easy to honor God. Let's just ask the Lord to walk upon our hearts. Because it begins from the state of our hearts. It begins with our relationship, our hunger and our desire for Him. It said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Let's ask that He Himself... By the walking of his Holy Spirit, by the action of his word, it will create a hunger, a real hunger. Not just desire, not just a temporal desire, but it will become a perpetual hunger, a need, a need for you. Lord, that is what our prayer is this morning. Creating us a hunger, creating us a desire, a burning desire, a passion, Lord, for your glory. Help us, O God, that we will not be satisfied with just power. Yes, it is an expression of your glory. We will not be satisfied with whatever level of prosperity you bring. It is part of the glory. We will not be satisfied with anything else, Lord, until we know you, our God, our Father, until we see your glory, your glory. Lord, we pray that you show us your glory. Reveal your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray, O God, if there be any veils, any hindrances to the free flow of your spirit in our lives, whether it is a personal weakness, Lord, whether it is an attitude, whether it is an emotional weakness, whatever form of handicap that is in us, we ask that it be removed this day in Jesus' name. Lord, we entrust ourselves into your hands. Take control in Jesus' name. I don't know if there's anybody here. Maybe there is something. A habit. For many Christians, sometimes it is like offense. Something that you know. It may not even be like, ah, this is sin, 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 sin. But God is saying, see, drop this thing. Drop this thing. It may be in... The way you spend your time. I've shared it before with some young people. There was a period in my life where like no movies. I think for almost 3-4 years I wasn't watching films. And I know that in that season the grace of God in the area of the prophetic really increased. So God might be calling you to something greater. And he's saying drop this. It may be permanent dropping it. It may be temporary. If there is anything like that, anybody needing prayer along those lines, please just raise your hands as we pray. We want God to remove veils. We want God to remove hindrances. That Hebrews 12 says, drop the weights. Some things are becoming weights. Drop the sin that easily besets. Whatever it is that is preventing you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for you. He's saying drop it. Most times we can't drop it by ourselves. Let me just see if you're, you know, Let's just pray. And some of these issues might require counseling as well. Please, let's be honest and sincere. For as many of us that are raising our hands, beyond prayers, you might need to approach the pastorate for counsel so that God can circumcise. I'm telling you, this year, for glory to come, there will be circumcision and some of it will be painful. But the grace of God is available. Let's lift our hands. Lord, we ask for help. In the name of Jesus. Your word says we are the circumcision that is not done by human hands. Not in the flesh but by the spirit. Father we ask for the activity of your Holy Spirit Lord. And the walking of your word upon the life of your children. As many whose hands are raised unto you. In sincerity and in a cry for mercy. Lord have mercy on them this morning. Lord whatever it is that is that weight whatever it is that is that challenge that attitude that emotion that habit whatever it is that is limiting them from stepping into greater things into greater glory this morning we ask that you would deal with it in Jesus name Lord let such weights be lifted let such such things be removed from their spirits in the name of Jesus we speak grace we speak grace, we speak grace unto them in the name of Jesus. We declare that they rise above it, they overcome it. And they are set free into the liberty of the Son of God. For you see where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And in turning to the Lord, Lord, the veils are removed. This day we declare over them, all those veils are removed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We believe you that there will be an abundance of testimonies. And Lord, every one of us will continue to experience progressive transformation as we behold your glory. Lord, show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory. Open our eyes to see your glory, Lord. Let us see your glory. Help us to be hungry, oh God, a burning hunger and passion and thirst. For you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray.